There are several exits on this aircraft in the event of an emergency. At this time, please fasten your seatbelts as we are preparing for takeoff. And welcome aboard. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of It's Just a Talk podcast, your Latinx, queer, political, shady podcast, where we talk a little tea, we talk a little truth, but you know, I always leave time to talk some shit. My name is Mauricio, I'm your host, and I'm so happy you have decided to come back for yet another episode. This is episode 39. Oh my god, the episodes are older than I am. Because, you know, I'm only, like, 28. (laughs) I'm not, but I love to think I am. (laughs) This episode is being brought to you by Abbott Elementary. Yes, bitch, the whole show is being brought to you by a show because I'm obsessed. We're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, some Emmys that that Abbott Elementary won. But right now... This episode is going to be sponsored by the whole Abbott Elementary show because if anybody is proof that hard work pays off, it's Miss Quinta, baby. She started from her bedroom, from making videos of, oh, he got money, to now receiving an Emmy for her writing on this show. I know I said we're going to talk more about it, but I wanted to tell you why this episode is being brought to you by... Abbott Elementary. So, um, I heard this should give me money to teachers, which is amazing, yo. Give money to teachers. She's, like, giving a bunch of gift cards to Lakeshore. So, if you don't know what Lakeshore is, Lakeshore is the store where teachers buy, like, supplies and stuff, like, for their classrooms. Very expensive place. Uh, I would rather go to, like, Dollar Tree or Target or La Segunda. But (laughs) she's giving out a bunch of gift cards to teachers to do this. So, hey, Quinta, if you want to give me, you know, like an Amazon gift card or like a Visa gift card, you know, your way, send it over here. I'm willing to, you know, say thank you. Uh, All right, y'all. If you're ready, I'm ready. So let's get this party started because this is episode 39 and bitch, I'm ready. Let's do this, y'all. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome back to our first segment of the podcast, a segment I recently renamed and just like that. So on this segment, I talk about things that have happened to me and to the world, to the pop culture world and just the world in general in the last, since the last episode. So since the last episode, a bitch, I've been traveling quite a bit. I went to New York. I think we talked about it. Then I was in New York for a couple of days. I came back for like a week. Then the bitch left to D.C. Because I went to the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute. The last time I went to CHCI was in 2018. And it was really cool because I met like Dolores Huerta, Maria Celeste Aras, um, Like all these people that like Latinos know. And this time around, I like freaked out a little because, you know, she got the golden ticket. So CHCI every year has this gala and it's like the who's who goes to this gala. I think there's like 1,500 tickets that go to this gala. A a ticket for this gala is $900. Yes, bitch. Dije $900. 
And if you want to buy a table, a table of eight, like usually like big companies buy tables and they send like their Latinx representatives. Um, it's $20,000. Yes, $20,000. This year, a bitch swindled herself a ticket. So she got a golden ticket, baby girl. Y cuando te digo que I was living on cloud nine, I was living on cloud nine, girl, porque I was like, ooh, I feel like Charlie, girl. Is this how Charlie felt cuando ganó the, the chocolate factory? <laughs> and I'll tell you how I swindled the ticket. Because she's from the hood. And she knows how to work systems, okay? So my job gave me a code to get the conference for free, right? Listen up. And the code was like a super easy code. It was like the name of my company, um, conference-22. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I do the name of my company, Gala-22, it failed comp the ticket. Bitch, it worked. Because the thing, I was jumping up and down the whole time. I was scared. Even when I was waiting to pick up my gala ticket, tenía miedo. I was like, y si no me pasan, si no me dejan pasar, no me dan el ticket. And then when they gave me the ticket, I was like, baby girl, she has made it. I was like, I'm coming out. Well, actually, I was going in to the gala. Um, we had Biden speak. And then Maria Celestara spoke. Um, a bunch of the Congress people spoke. Alestrande Ocasio Cortez spoke. Uh, Dolores Huerta spoke. Um, I was like a little like freaking out because I was like, oh my God, I'm here. I felt like Jasmine Masters and RuPaul's Drag Race. And she's like, well, I'm H E R E here, bitches. I see Miss T, but you know, I need to act a little classy. So I was acting classy. Me comporté yo bien, como todo muy classy, you know? But you know, the after party, all composure went out the window because, you know, it, it was free drinks. Yo, all these events, the crazy part que, que aprendí, all these like, happy hours or like a receptions all have free food and free drinks entonces el miércoles antes de la gala i got into as much receptions as i could because i knew people who knew people who had like the registration codes for the receptions baby girl cuando te digo que el jueves me levanté con un horrible horrible hangover I could not even function on Thursday. And I had work Thursday morning. I was working from home in D.C. I had two meetings. No me acuerdo que dijo la gente en las juntas. Like, no me acuerdo. Like, you could pay me, could not tell you. <laughs> Porque I was so hungover. But when it came back to the gala, it was also free drinks. And baby girl, you know, when it, my mama always taught me not to say no to free things. She always said, cuando vas a la, a, la, a la casa de la gente y se te ofrecen comida, no importa si ya comiste o no tienes hambre. Tú dices que sí. You're going to say yes. And for you non-Spanish speakers, what I said is, my mom used to teach us that when we were young, that if we went to somebody's house and they offered us food, it didn't matter if we had just eaten or if we didn't like the food they were offering. We said yes. Because that's what having good manners is. Entonces, I had good manners and it was an open bar. Like, I had to say yes. I was just, you know, following my mom's teachings. I'm going to tell her that when I call her next time. <laughs>
Pero, with that, we're going to go to just some things that have been happening here around us. Some controversies and shit han pasado. So, let's get into it, yeah? So, si no saben, most recently, we had D23, que es la convención de Disneyland and Disney has, where they, like, release things que van a pasar. You know, they say things of, like, new things that are coming to the parks, new movies, because they own Marvel y también Star Wars. They also have, like, a space where, like, Star Wars releases new things que van a venir. Y también Marvel dice, like, oh, estas son las películas que van a venir, or this is what we're working on. Um, like, the stars and stuff come out. So we had a lot of new things from Marvel and Star Wars. Pero the unexpected thing was that the world, I feel like everybody in TikTok world was talking about this. So the new trailer for the Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid, the Little Mermaid drop, La Sirenita. And we all knew that it was going to be Halle, Halle Bailey. We all knew it was going to be Halle Bailey, the new Little Mermaid, okay? It was no secret. It's not like Disney was, like, keeping a secret from us. Like, oh, espero que no se den cuenta que va a ser Halle Bailey. And, but we got our first look as Halle Bailey as Ariel, right? I personally have no issue with it. You know, let it be. I'm actually really happy that there is more representation in Disney films. Look, this is what Disney promised, okay? A couple years ago, Disney promised that they were going to be more inclusive in sus películas, in the workforce, in their parks, the way that their managers look. They were going to be a lot more inclusive to BIPOC folks. They're just following through on their promise. Entonces, cancela la película. All these European-Americans came out here upset that, oh, the Little Mermaid is black? ¿Qué, qué? Mermaids are not black. Mermaids are white. Oh, my God, her hair is not red enough. What about children that are redheaded? They will no longer see themselves in the Little Mermaid. Oh, the travesty. Look, baby girl, there is plenty of redheaded characters in Disneyland. The tenemos uh, the original Little Mermaid and la and la cartoons. We have a whole ass Scottish princess in Merida and Brave. We have la niña esta la que se muere and up. You know when she's a little girl and she takes her helmet out. She's redheaded. We have a lot of other redheaded characters in Disney movies. Okay. Actually, there is more red-headed characters in Disney movies than there is black characters in Disney movies. Let's put it that way. So let's not try to hide our racism when we say that, oh, there's not enough red-headed characters or the Little Mermaid is white. Mermaids are white. Bitch, mermaids don't exist. Mermaids aren't real. <laughs> And then we have the European Americans que andan diciendo, okay, fine, then we're going to make Tiana white. Um, and I'm like, okay, let me tell you why that wouldn't work. The story of the Little Mermaid, her race is not integral to the story, right? The Little Mermaid being a white, red-headed girl is not an integral part in the story. Pero Tiana being black in the 1950s in New Orleans and going through racism and prejudice 
because she's black is integral to the story. I mean, she goes to a Budu princess. Budu is predominantly for the African dias- diaspora. Like, the whole movie is integral to her being black. So no, baby girl, that doesn't work. Okay, it just doesn't work. Okay, let's okay, let's look at another one. They were like, okay, fine, we're gonna make Black Panther white, and let's see what happens. How happy will you be? First of all, uh, Black Panther, black. Uh, second of all, they're in Africa. They're the only country in Africa that survived colonization. So obviously, they're blackly black. So no, that still doesn't work. Black Panther being black, again, integral to the story. So no, baby girl. Don't hide your racism behind these excuses. Just say you don't want her to be black. You want her to be white because you're racist. Just say that. I even have people that I've known for a long ass time up in my Instagram DMs telling me, well, I just don't know how to explain this to my daughter because she fell in love with the Little Mermaid. How would I explain to her that now her favorite princess is black? Don't explain it to her. Don't. Because kids aren't racist. Racism is taught. So if you make it a big deal, then now Princess Ariel is black, then it's going to be, be a big deal for her. Just let her like Ariel, whether it's the cartoon one or Halle Bailey. And look, baby, that voice, it's that voice for me. You know what else people were upset about? <laughs> that apparently in the new House of Dragons show and uh, Rings of whatever it's called, Rings of Power, there you go. In the Rings of Power, there's one character who happens to be black and he's actually Afro-Latino. And baby girl, cuando yo te digo que este hombre, oof, this man can do lo que le importe a mí. I, like, it doesn't matter. I'm trying to find his name so I can tell you exactly what his name is. His name is... Mira, no me acuerdo cómo se llama. Ismael Cruz Cordova. He's Afro-Latino. He's Puerto Rican. And obviously Puerto Rican. That's what Afro-Latinos are. And he plays a black elf in the race of power. Bitch, when I tell you all these nerds started causing a ruckus because they kept saying that black elves don't exist and that elves are only white, I was like, elves aren't real. No existent way. Elves aren't real. They could be fucking purple for all I care. Why is this hurting you? Y también in the other show, there's like a character, Lord something, who's black. Y también they were super upset. Oh no, he's supposed to be white. It doesn't, the story doesn't make sense that this Lord is black. Who gives a fuck? Watch the show. Y cállate la boca. The other thing that I didn't give a fuck about was apparently the queen died. Look, I just feel bad porque tienes nietos y, y hijos y bisnietos, bisnietos, there you go. So I feel bad for the family. They are obviously suffering because they lost their grandma, mom, great-grandma. But, like, why do we have to have a whole day of nonstop 
viewing of this funeral on every single damn channel. I don't give a fuck, girl. This woman, I, I mean, maybe not this woman, but like this lineage has just so many years of colonization under the belt that I honestly don't care. No me importa. Se murió la reina. Okay, I feel very bad because a death is a death. But like, let the rest, let the rest of us live, okay? I'm just saying, let us live. The other thing that did not live as long as we thought it would live is all the relationships and marriages in the Love is Blind season two. So I just want to tell you, if you watch Love is Blind, great. If you watch the second season, great. If you're thinking about watching Love is Blind after the altar, don't. I will never get that time back in my life. And I want that time back. Please don't do it. It's not worth it. The the three episodes don't tell us anything. You can find out more if you just Google these people. Because they're all left like they're happy in their relationships. And bitch, they're all divorced now. So, no sirvió para nada. So, you know what? Don't watch it. Spend your time listening to this podcast. <laughs> and with that, we're going to go to our next segment of the podcast. Did you know? I'll see you there. Welcome back to the net segment of the podcast. Did you know where we talk about things that you might not have known? And on this episode of Did You Know, we're going to talk about the Borinquaneers. Did you know about the Borinquaneers? It is Hispanic Heritage Month or Latinx Heritage Month, as I like to call it. And the Borinquaneers was a group of Puerto Rican soldiers who fought for freedoms that they didn't even have here at home. They were the U.S. Army 65th Infantry Regiment, the only all-Latino unit creating in 1899. This segregated group was composed mainly of soldiers from Puerto Rico and proudly served in World War I, World War II, and most notably the Korean War. They battled enemies abroad while facing racism and discrimination in a home country where they didn't even have the right to vote. In 1952, nearly 100 men from the Borinquaneers were court-martialed for abandoning their posts, but the army later pardoned them due to incompetent leadership, poor military tactics, and racism. Puerto Rican troops have continued to courageously serve in with little to no recognition. But in 2014, President Barack Obama presented the Borinquaneers with one of the nation's top honors, the Congressional Gold Medal of Honor. So now you know who the Borinquaneers are. And that's our Did You Know? Latinx Heritage Month edition. And now we'll go to our next segment, our QTPOC person uh, or people of the episode. I'll see you there, y'all. Uh-huh. All right, y'all, welcome to the next segment of our podcast, our QT BIPOC People or Peoples. 
of the episode. We're going to kick it off. Y'all already know what this episode is being brought to you by. So we're going to give a huge shout out to Quinta Bronson, who won an Emmy for Best Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series for Abbott Elementary. So shout out to Quinta. She literally, from like, there's no other story that comes to my mind at this exact second of someone that started the way she did. Literally filming on her phone, trying to be funny, then starts working at BuzzFeed, then starts doing stand-up, then starts writing for other comedy shows, finally gets her pilot, and baby, she has an Emmy. Somebody else that finally has an Emmy is Miss Cheryl Lee Ralph, the original dream girl. Um, FYI, I just found out that not everybody knows that Cheryl Lee Ralph is the original dream girl. And I kind of freaked out because I realized how old I am. Que toda la gente no sabía. I thought that was like common knowledge. But apparently the youngins think that Beyonce was the original dream girl. I'm fucking old, y'all. <laughs> so congrats to Miss Cheryl Lee Ralph who just gave a beautiful acceptance speech about waiting for and what is yours will be yours. I cannot sing it, but she basically sang her acceptance speech and it was beautiful. Somebody else that it was also beautiful to see win an Emmy was Chadwick Boseman. One, may he rest in peace, won an Emmy for Best Boys in a uh, Animated Series. And this was for his work in What If... Uh, when he played his character of T'Challa as Star-Lord. So congrats to Chadwick Boseman. May he rest in peace. Now has an Emmy. Now going to a little bit different, I want to shout out uh, someone who's just like us. Her name is Princess Lang. You can find her on Instagram and on TikTok, Princess Lang Zero. And this is a USC student, a black USC student, who just happens to be a Delta, who created the first majorette team at a PWI at USC, which, which is a PWI. If you don't know what a PWI is, it's a university that's predominantly white. It's a predominantly white institution. And she created the very first majorette team, all black girls, and will now be performing at every game along with them cheerleaders. You know what? I would rather see the majorettes because you know what? They bring something that them cheerleaders don't bring, and that's called Sasson, baby. They bring that Sasson up in here. So shout out to Miss Princess Lang. And before we end our QT BIPOC person of the episode or people of the episode, I want to shout out my girl Shangela. Shangela just became the very first drag queen to compete on Dancing with the Stars this year. Not the very first queer person, but the very first drag queen. And baby, when I tell you I died when the announcer said her name wrong, no baby, you're going to learn her name today. So shout out to Shangela for breaking that wall. And with that, now we're really going to go to our next segment of the podcast, Today in the Country. I'll see you there, y'all. All right, 
all right, all right. Welcome back to the next segment of the podcast, Today in the Country, where we talk about things that are happening in our country as we speak, because, you know, we live in it, so we should know what's happening. The number one thing that we should be worried about right now that's happening in this country is Hurricane Fiona has reached a Category 4 and has completely gone through Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico has spent its third day without power as of today, and there is no scene when power lines will come back up. Now, why is the power not back up? As you know, Puerto Rico is owned by the United States, and as of yet, a lot of the Puerto Rico power lines are owned by inland companies that don't really care about Puerto Rican companies or Puerto Rico, I guess I should say. And so it's not a hurry for them besides making money for them to get the power back on. Um, A lot of TikToks have been arising of folks in Puerto Rico who are from the States and are living in Puerto Rico who have been saying, oh, it's day so-and-so without light, but we have our generators, so we're fine. And people are really being angry about that because they've been saying, look, like these colonizers have been coming to Puerto Rico, have been making everything more expensive, have been really ruining the economy here. And now they're the ones with power. The rest of us are not. Um, Only about 395,000 of Puerto Rico's 1.5 million utility customers have power as of 1 p.m. yesterday. But today, the whole island doesn't have power. Uh, The island's energy provider said that about half of its island customers still are without running water. Federal Emergency Management Agency Administrator Diane Cressel said Wednesday morning, water is a top concern for residents because of us now, a lot of the residents of Puerto Rico not only don't have power, but also don't have running water. And they also have a lot of partially collapsed roads, which is an effect of major flooding and more than two feet of rain that parts of Puerto Rico have been hit with. So Fiona, which is the name of the hurricane, has killed at least five people in the Caribbean as it tortured the region last weekend and into this week, including places like Guadalupe, two in Puerto Rico, and two in the Dominican Republic. Those are the places that folks have died in. Fiona also whipped parts of Turks and Caicos Islands on Tuesday with sustained winds of almost 125 miles per hour. That left many areas without power, including on Grand Torque, South Kyles, South Cape, North Kyles, Middle Kyles, and Puerto Rico. So no deaths or serious injuries had been reported in Puerto Rico as of yet, besides the ones that I mentioned. But the fear is that because people are without running water, without power, and if it continues to be this way, people are going to start dying due to dehydration. Right now, degrees are anywhere between 105 to 109 in northern, central, northwestern, and western regions of Puerto Rico, according to the weather, the National Weather Service. And so folks are really worried that the light and the water does not come up. Then a lot of the deaths that we're going to see in Puerto Rico are going to happen post the hurricane, just like it happened a couple years ago with Hurricane Maria. Now, if we move to the mainland, we're moving to the mainland where New York Attorney General 
has finally filed a civil lawsuit, a fraud lawsuit against DJT and some of his children's and businesses. The New York State Attorney General filed a sweeping lawsuit Wednesday morning against former president DJT and three of his adult children and the Trump organization, alleging they were involved in an expansive fraud lasting over a decade that the former president used to enrich himself and his family and his family. I'm sorry. In the more than 200 page lawsuit, Attorney General Letitia James, a Democrat, alleges the fraud touched all aspects of Trump businesses including its properties and golf courses. According to the lawsuit, the Trump Organization deceived lenders, insurers, and tax authorities by inflating the value of his properties using misleading appraisals. The Attorney General said, this conduct cannot be brushed aside and dismissed as some sort of good faith mistake. And so, the statements of financial condition were greatly exaggerated, grossly inflated, objectively false, and therefore fraudulent and illegal, is what she said. So, as a result of that, the New York State is seeking relief and Mr. Tr- from Mr. Trump and the Trump Organization and his family, and all of those should be held account- accountable. Trump and his children, Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump, are now... At- named as defendants in the lawsuit, former CFO for the Trump Organization, and Jeff McConney, another longtime company executive, is also named in the lawsuit. Letitia James said she believes state and criminal laws may have been violated and referred to a matter of U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York and Internal Revenue Services. So as part of the lawsuit, Letitia James is seeking $250 million in allegedly ill-gotten funds to per- and to permanently bar Trump and his children, who are named in the lawsuit, from serving as director of the business registered in New York State ever again. She is also seeking to cancel the Trump Organization's corporate certificate, which, if granted by a judge, could effectively force the company to cease operations in the whole state of New York. So let's see what happens, y'all. Shit is getting feisty up in here. All right, y'all. That is what's happening in the country. Pero te voy a decir que está pasando en el mundo. I'll see you there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to the next segment of the podcast, Hoy en el Mundo, where we talk about things that are happening in the world because we have to remind ourselves that we're not the universe and the world does not revolve around the United States. So with that, we're going to go to Iran, where protests over a woman's death claim more lives in Iran. So among those reported killed is a 16-year-old boy shot dead when security forces opened fire on protesters. The unrest has spread to more than 20 major cities, including the capital of Tehran. Videos posted online from Wednesday's unrest showed women waving their headscarves in the air or burning them. In an address to the UN General Assembly, U.S. President Joe Biden said Americans stood with the brave women of Iran who right now are demonstrating to secure their basic rights. He spoke after Iran President Ibrahim Raisi rejected calls from Western powers to respect women's rights. 
Masha Amini, a 22-year-old Kur Kurdish woman from northwestern city of Sakes, died in a hospital on Friday after spending three days in a coma. She was visiting the capital of Tehran with her family when she was arrested by morality police, who accused her of violating the law requiring women to cover their hair with a hijab and their arms and legs with loose clothing. She collapsed after being taken to a detention center to be, quote-unquote, educated. There are reports that officers beat Ms. Amani's head with a baton and banged her head against one of their vehicles. The police, of course, has denied that she was mistreated and said she suffered sudden heart failure, but her family said that she was fit and healthy. Acting UN Human Rights Chief Nara al Nashiv called on Tuesday for prompt, independent, and impartial investigation of Ms. Amini's death. She noted that her office had received numerous and verified videos of the violent treatment of women by morality police who have stepped up their enforcement of hijab rules in the recent months. Ms. Nashiv also expressed alarm at the reported unnecessary or dis disproportionate use of force against the thousands of people who have taken part in protests since the death of Masha Amini. The death toll comes from Kurdish rights groups who blame security forces. There has been no confirmation of the deaths from the authorities, but a prosecutor told Tasman News Agency that two people were killed by anti-revolutionary elements last Tuesday. All right, now from Iran, we're going to go all the way to the Ukraine, a.k.a. also Russia, where Vladimir Putin said, this is not a bluff. The message from Vladimir Putin's ominous warning speech, which marked the biggest escalation of the Ukraine war since the invasion on February 24th, war was clear. He said Russia is willing to use nuclear weapons if Ukraine continues its offensive operations. While the longtime Russian leader has previously flirted with the grim prospect of using nuclear weapons, experts say his latest statements went further, raising fears around the world of an unprecedented nuclear disaster. Addressing the nation on Wednesday, Putin confirmed he was planning to annex four partly occupied regions of southern and eastern Ukraine after this weekend's Kremlin-orchestrated referendums, as he calls them. He added that he was prepared to use all means to defend the territorial integrity of the Russian occupied lands and their people. Putin's statements go beyond the Russian nuclear doctrine, which only suggests Russian first use in the controversial war when the very, when the very existence of the state is threatened, said Balitskini, Balitskini? a senior researcher in the weapons and mass destruction. Ukraine, which has been making rapid military gains over the past few weeks, has stressed that it will continue its efforts to liberate occupied lands with Ukraine's president Zelensky stating on Wednesday the referendums will act step by step to liberate our country. This means Putin's resolve will probably be tested in the coming weeks. So what does what would it mean if Ukraine retook the territory from Russia is what people are asking. Does that mean that Putin will actually use nuclear powers? 
The Ukraine leader, however, did not rule out the possibility of a Russian nuclear strike, saying, we can't look into Putin's head and decide what he's thinking. For millions of Russians, the most worrying takeaway from Putin's speech will be that they and their loved ones could soon be fighting and dying for their prescient's illusory aims. Since the start of the war, Putin has sought to shield his population from the realities of the war, with the Kremlin eager to cultivate a sense of normality on the streets of Moscow and other major cities. Many responded to these efforts with polls consistently showing that average Russian was quickly turning away from the conflict. But with the decision to announce the first mobilization since the Second World War and the call, and the call up of 300,000 mostly young Russians, this unwritten social contract has now been annulled. And the war will be entering the households of thousands of families across the country. And nationwide, especially if nuclear strikes begin. So we have to keep our eyes out, y'all, because if Russia decides to strike with a nuclear strike, then the United States will for sure get involved in this war. And that means that they could strike us too. So we just have to be wary. Don't live your life in fear, but just know what's happening in the world. All right, y'all. We talked a little tea. We talked a little truth. And now, baby, it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. It's time for us to talk some shit. So I'll see you there, y'all. Seminar of the podcast where we get to talk some shit, y'all. This week I'm gonna keep it short and sweet. First, fuck Ron DeSantis for the stunt that he pulled with the 45, 48, I'm sorry, the 48 Venezuelan migrants. Uh, so if you have not heard, Ron DeSantis pulled a Jim Crow era stunt that used to happen a lot in the southern states where they would send black people on buses to states up north in order to be like, oh, you don't want him either, so we're going to send him to you to pull this stunt. And now he's doing this with immigrants. So what he did is this man, who's the governor of Florida, rented a whole ass plane, lied to the 48 Venezuelan immigrants that were seeking asylum in Texas and told them that they were going to be flown to New to New York for jobs, a better life, and prices, or whatever he said, which is obviously a lie. He flew them to Massachusetts, which in, he flew them to Martha's Vineyard, and thought that the people of Martha's Vineyard weren't going to want the immigrants either. To his surprise, the people of Martha's Vineyard came together, housed the immigrants in churches, in schools, 
Students from AP Spanish classes were let out early to translate on behalf of the 48 migrants. And now, people in Texas, human rights groups, are trying to sue Ron DeSantis for pulling this stunt. So fuck you, Ron DeSantis, for trying to do this. Also, fuck Senator Lindsey Graham, who at one point said that abortion should be left to the states and most recently was said that he proposes a 15-week ban on abortion, with the only exception being the life of the mother or rape. Which, okay, you're thinking about those two things, but you're essentially taking all rights away from women for 15 weeks before. If you are not a woman, then you do not know how long it takes women to even notice that they're pregnant. Sometimes it takes women up to 20 weeks to know that they're even have conceived or they have missed their period. Sometimes it takes it takes women a while to figure out. So 15 weeks is incredibly any weeks that you're trying to ban women on making their own choice, you're gonna get a huge fuck you from me. And I know that I mentioned them earlier, but I really wanna say fuck you to all of the people that are masking their racism with cause of, I just want to keep the story pure, or I just want the stories to look the way that I read them when you're talking about the new Lord of the Rings show, the new uh, Game of Thrones show, or even Hailey Bailey as the Little Mermaid. Baby girl, we know you're racist. We know it. Stop trying to hide it behind pure, trying to keep the the story pure, or trying to have um, representation for red-headed girls, or representation for real white elves, or whatever it is that you're trying to do. We know you're racist, bitch, so fuck all of you. And if you're following me, please stop following me. Thank you. For the rest of you that want to follow me, go ahead and follow me on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at It's Just a Talk. That is at It's Just a Talk. On Instagram is at It's Just a Talk underscore. And now I'm going to go ahead and go to my final nuggets of the show. As my final nuggets, I want to shout out the Patagonia CEO who decided to give up most of his pay and is putting all that money that he usually would be getting as a CEO to be put into research and organizations that are fighting for climate crisis. So shout out to the CEO of Patagonia. Also, if you have not seen The Woman King with Viola Davis, please go ahead and see The Woman King. I know that the history of the Dahoney tribe is a iffy history, and at times it feels like maybe I should not be supporting somebody that's uplifting this tribe. I understand that. You also have to understand the way colonialism worked and the way that some of these tribes had no choice but to work with Europeans in order for their own people to survive. So... What I want to say is, despite the history of the Dahomey people in Africa, I want you to go and support this woman-led film, The Woman King. It is an amazing film. I usually rate movies when I go watch them. This was a definitely four out of five star movie. And just so you know my rating, 
four and a half stars out of five was Everything Everywhere All at Once. And that movie is amazing, okay? There hasn't been a five out of five star movie yet, but this is a four out of four star. So please go support the movie. Go support Viola Davis so that more stories of people of color are being told. Another thing that I want to say is the Don't Worry Darling movie has had a lot of controversy in the last couple of weeks. But if we want to continue to have women-led directors or just women of color, I know Olivia is not a woman of color, but she's a woman. We need more women in these chairs, whether the movies are great or not. The controversy might bring people to watch the movie. Please go support Florence Pugh, if anything. If you want to do anything and support Florence Pugh, please. Even if you like Harry Styles or if you don't like Olivia, the director, go support Florence. She's amazing. I'm going to go watch the movie. I will definitely give you a rating on my Instagram. I also want to give shout out to three of my listeners. Shout out to Roberto, Javier, and Alacito. Thank you so much for listening to It's Just a Top Podcast. And to the rest of you, thank you so much for coming today and listening to this show. If you want to get a shout out, please go ahead and repost when you're listening to the podcast on Instagram and tag us or on Twitter or on TikTok. Again, I'm your host, Mauricio. Thank you so much for coming today. And remember, I'm everything I am because the hood loved me. Bye, y'all.